everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guide, your insider's guide to all things franchising in the local area. My name is Blake Martin, local small business franchise owner and your Heartland Franchise Guy. This is the place for advocacy, resources, and education on all things franchising in the local area, and a great place for local entrepreneurs looking to learn more about the franchising industry. On today's episode, we're going to talk all about the psychology of the franchisor-franchisee relationship, a great topic for anybody who's thinking about getting into the field or is already in it. So with that, I want to introduce our guests today. I want to welcome both Kay Wasserman and Dr. Lindsay Thompson. They, collectively, are national thought leaders in franchisor and franchisee relationships. They're co-founders of the Franchisee Peer Performance Groups, which we'll talk more about. And collectively, they have experience as franchisors, franchisees, they've worked in corporate America, an accounting and educational background. Lastly, they are graduates of the Franchise Relationships Institute. So thank you so much for both of you being here today with us. Thank you. Did I make you blush at all? Just a little. Let's start with the niche that you're in, right? So providing guidance on franchise or franchisee relationships. Talk to me a little bit about the field that you're in and what that looks like. Well, we're in a real small niche when it comes to franchise consulting. We, we stay between the lanes of providing training to franchise performance coaches and then also providing group structure to peer performance peer performance groups for the actual franchisee. And when we went about doing that, we knew that there were four really important areas, and one of those was protecting and preserving the franchise relationship. We know how important that is because we've been on both of those sides, but I've also done my research in that as um, my dissertation, and we're huge fans and students of Greg Nathan. So we understand the importance of the relationship, so that's why it's one-fourth of all of our material in our FPPG business. Fascinating. So you mentioned Greg Nathan, and I, and I understand from prior conversations that was part of the background, but the genesis behind you forming this consulting business. Tell me a little bit more about how this all came about. About FPPG? Yeah. Sure. Um, so Lindsay and I got acquainted when we worked with Homestead, a global franchise leader, and we both had the experience of uh, facilitating and leading peer performance groups. Um, and it, it gave us great insight into the franchisee-franchisor relationship. Again, working with Greg Nathan, a global thought leader on the franchise relationship, we knew there was a powerful combination of trusted relationships and uh, these peer group environments and what they could bring. So knowing that we both had experience in it, we'd been listening to franchisors and franchisees, done some research on it. We said, hey, there's a huge opportunity and there's going to be a big demand for this. So he said, why don't we put our, our skills and strengths together and start a business to offer this to franchisors? Makes a lot of sense. All of which is predicated upon what you see in the evolution of the thought process of franchisees as they kind of go through their journey of being a franchise owner, right? Mm-hmm. So talk to me a little bit about that. What, what do you see as far as these, these phases or the evolution of the thinking of franchise owners as they as they get into this industry and, and start to grow and mature within a franchise system? 
So I think what is the most interesting to me, if you if you lay all the research out there when it comes to the franchisee journey, just a, a typical business owner journey, franchise or non-franchise, and we have to sprinkle in marriage research because then you've got the relationship <laughs> dynamic. If, if you put them all yeah. next to each other, it all says pretty much the same thing, that all of those people in those relationships have these phases, and it goes honeymoon, it gets a little conflictual, and it either, it either goes completely off the rails, or you work through the conflict, and you build this wonderful relationship, and then the relationship can actually prosper. So all three of those lanes have the exact same research components and research outcomes. So did, at any point, did you think about just hanging a sign saying franchise marriage counselors? <laughs> As a franchise owner yeah. myself, I could see that sign hanging on somebody's door. <laughs> so that's actually how I fell into this is having been a marriage therapist for 10 years and then having been a franchisee. And when I did get to home instead, where I met Kay, when I started to realize the dynamic between the franchisee and franchisor, I thought, okay, this is absolute marriage therapy. Who's doing work in this space? And that's when I found Greg, but he's really the only one doing work in this space. So when, when Kay and I got to meet him, when he came to home instead, and we learned the importance of his research and how impactful it is, if the franchisee and the franchisor both understand that they're part of this relationship and that they both need to contribute to a better outcome, then everybody win-wins. So, having been through that before, I'm trying to take a step back and think from the position of one of our listeners, right? There's this relationship that kind of develops over time, and you say some, your, your marriage relationship training comes into play. Why does it happen so frequently? What is it about the franchise or franchisee relationship that seems to stem these these same, I'm not going to say challenges because I don't want to go negative on this, but you always seem to see in the same kind of relationship form, right? And then you see at a similar juncture an opportunity to turn it into a mutually beneficial thing. Can, can you talk about why that seems to happen so frequently? Yeah, go ahead. No, no go ahead. So wait, that was, did you guys go through therapy together? <laughs> well, you know, we, we have a relationship in this business, just like you do in franchisee, franchisor, or right. a marriage. So right. what we practice both in our marriages and in this business and what we've learned in franchise, it's all the same yeah. stuff. You guys practice what you preach. We do. Exactly. We practice what exactly. we preach. But that also is an, one of the answers to your your question is that journey is just is so profound and it's going to continue happening everywhere. And it's because relationships are dynamic. They're not static. They are always going to have different chapters. If you, if you attempt to make it kind of this unilateral one chapter, it will fail. So you have to embrace the fact that there's going to be change, which kind of goes back to that Kubler-Ross, where we usually think about Kubler-Ross as grief stages, but really it's just acceptance of change. So you're going to go through this denial, I refuse that it's going to change. You're going to bargain that you hope it doesn't change, and then you're going to get probably a little grouchy, and you might actually go sideways and try to prevent it. Then eventually you're going to realize that change has to happen in order for it to get better. That is that explains relationships, regardless of the relationship, whether it's business partners, marriage partners, franchisee, and franchisor. And Kubler Ross is uh, Elizabeth Kubler Ross, yeah, a, a famous researcher that talks about grief, the five stages of grief. Mm -hmm. 
No, I'm not going to share. I'm going to remember them all, but uh, yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. This is not a closed book test. <laughs> <laughs> My mother would be very disappointed if I could remember them all. <laughs> but, but I like how you both tied that in there. They, I mean, it's not that – there's such an opportunity with the way the franchising relationship works, right? Thinking at it as I used to be a franchisor and now I'm a franchisee. And there's such an opportunity to turn it into a positive, but because you're trying to leverage the gains and benefits of two groups of entrepreneurs, if, if you don't nurture that and if, you're, if you don't create an awareness for that type of relationship, it can go negative, correct? Right. Right. And I think the, for me, my experience and also what I've read and what I've learned is that the, the best way and most effective way to strengthen and nurture relationships, any type of relationship, particularly with a franchisee and franchisor, is to maintain trust and dignity and respect. Now, if you've seen Ted Lasso, he talks about be curious, not judgmental, right? So what that means is you want to listen first to understand, which means not to reply. Like, I want to listen to what you're saying first so that I'm understanding what you're saying, not to, for me to respond with something profound, right? You want to also uh, listen with empathy. You want to try and stand in their shoes, even if you're not really going to be able to, try to, right? Yeah. Try to empathize with what they're going through and then be open to dialogue. I mean, we're all humans, right? The franchisor is not any higher than the franchisee. We're all on an equal playing field. We're all humans. We all make mistakes. So, be open to considering that you might have made a mistake as well. So listen to the franchisee, and a lot of times the franchisee may just want to be heard, right? That might be the, the best starting place for yeah. building a trusting relationship. That's a really good advice. Let me ask you something. So taking it more real life and getting more specific, if, you, if you're in conversations, and I'm sure this happens to you, if you're in conversations with a franchisee who's you know actively operating within a franchise system – and you can see signs that they're starting to take some actions, that they're starting to get chafed or that they're starting to get a little concerned about, are they listening to me at the home office? What do you do? If, if you're the franchisor, in addition to reaching out to you guys, mm-hmm. what's the best course of action to try to stem that tide and turn it into a positive conversation? Well, at the franchisor side, I think to train everybody in that headquarter to know how to listen, everything that Kay was just saying, don't respond, don't think that you already have the answer when you don't really know what it is that they're thinking, saying, feeling, and needing. So ask more questions and just give them the floor. And then when you think you know what they're thinking, feeling, needing, and wanting, ask it back. So what I'm hearing you say is... Somebody is poaching somebody in your territory. Not that we've ever heard that within franchising before. That's what I'm hearing you say. And then confirm, is that what the franchisee is saying? Great. Okay, then can I help you with that? And it also gives them an opportunity to say, no, that's not what I'm saying. So then when you do want to go back and give advice, you're truly answering the question that they're trying to bring to you. You know, it sounds so simple, but it's so true, isn't it? That I mean, there's opportunities that occur like that maybe on a daily basis or on a weekly basis within franchise organizations. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You got it. So tell me a little bit more about what you train franchisors on to be proactive in building the relationships. I was wondering which one you were going to go first. <laughs> <laughs> so to carry this space, this is uh, 
one of the modules that we talk about in business psychology okay. of listening and effective communication and finding out what the problem is rather than just um, a symptom of the problem. And that goes back to what what is the problem that's actually on the table that somebody is bringing up? Because sometimes we project our own stuff. And when somebody says, this is the problem, and we're not listening to the actual conversation that's being told to us, we're making an assumption, an assumption and we're going to try to go solve something but it's not what their issue is. We're filled with projections of our own mirror of what we think something is. So in in our training, we say that that it's not about the hat. If somebody is, is complaining about temperature and they're, you know, bundled up and you're trying to tell that person, well, why don't you just take off your hat and your scarf and your coat and you'd be a lot cooler. Maybe that's not what they need. Maybe they, they just need to be heard and that they just want to be frustrated for a moment. Then once they actually feel heard and validated, then you could start making suggestions to say, you know, one time I actually started to take off things that were making me sweaty and it actually helped me to feel better. Is that something that you're willing to do? And then they're actually willing and ready to receive your advice and suggestions. But you can't just start pelleting somebody with all this advice when that's just not where they're, they're at. So we call that it's not about the hat. It's not about the hat. That's right. I like that. And what I, I'm sorry, were you going to add something to that, I was just going to repeat again that it's, you know, that's that listening first to understand rather than to respond. Like I I need to really understand and make sure I'm aware of what you're saying versus just giving you suggestions on what I think you might be wanting. Now I understand what you're saying, Kay. So if I understood... I get it. I'm, see, Eve, you can teach an old dog, a dumb old dog, new tricks too. As a franchise owner myself, right? I'm within mm-hmm. a, I'm, in, I'm a franchisee in a franchise system. What would you say? What obligations do I have? If I want to create a powerful relationship where the in franchising, when it's done right, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts, right? And and every party has an obligation in that game. What are my obligations? Let's say I'm about to become a new franchisee. What should I be keeping in the back of my mind to say, hey, this is what you can do to help ensure that you create a powerful relationship with your franchisor? So I would say it's the same on both sides. One shouldn't or doesn't need different advice than the other. Both need to come to the table. Both need to listen. Both need to be respectful of the other person, trust the other person's intentions, and know that there's going to be conflict and then be ready to handle it. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. What makes it different? I realize you spoke to this a little bit, but, you know, I interact with a lot of people who have owned their own business, right? Started it from scratch, so um, hung their own shingle. And now they're thinking about joining a franchise system. What advice would you give them as far as here's what to expect as far as changes and and use these opportunities to leverage a better relationship? As a franchisee? Yeah, exactly. Well, as a franchisee, they're buying into a system, a proven model, right, And that's, that's going to have franchise support and a network of peers and best practices, right? So go into it with an open mind and a, a coachable attitude that, hey, make sure you dig in and understand what the system provides, what the model offers you, what the franchisor is offering you. Um, do the same thing we're recommending for the franchisors, and that's listen. Listen first to understand. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Choose the right brand, choose carefully and wisely, and then go in with a very open mind. 
do your homework, right? So make sure you do your due diligence up front first, right? Exactly. Exactly. Speaking of the due diligence, uh, the same thing can be applied to the franchisors, right? Mm -hmm. So franchisors that are looking to build into an industry leader, thought leaders in their own field, right? And, and intend to have hundreds of th or thousands of franchisees. Not, I mean, not every franchisor goes into it with that mindset, but plenty of them do, right? Mm -hmm. what, what tactical steps can they take as they're preparing to grow their franchise that will help ensure these kinds of healthy relationships in the future? One of my favorite authors is James Clear of Atomic Habits, and uh, one of my favorite quotes of his is, you don't rise to the level of your goals, you fall to the level of your systems. And so as a franchisor, if you're going into it to franchise your brand, then you better be able to scale and make it sustainable so that you can um, entice those people to come and buy into your, your franchise network. So you need to build up and scale your systems and processes as quickly as possible. Once you've proven that your model will work and pilot it successfully, mm -hmm. then you need to start scaling it. And then you know, listen to your peers, listen to your mentors and see what they've done and listen to their lessons learned and the things that you can avoid you know, so you're not recreating the wheel. And then once you get to that certain stage where you have um, a healthy group of successful franchisees that are maybe looking for something different, then it's time to start doing what other um, successful franchisors are doing, and that's starting to consider franchise peer performance groups and a different elevated level of support that maybe your home office is not already providing. Which, by the way, is a great setup for the next episode where we're going to talk about the <laughs> franchise peer performance group. So thanks. And, and I mean, I'm going to take you on tour with me because you, they're, they're the perfect setup person. I was going to close with some questions on what are you guys listening to it, it, besides the Heartland Franchise Guy, of right, course. Of I know course. you're still so getting through the last yes, episodes of that. What are you listening to or reading right now yourselves? Mm. Go ahead. Go first. Um, <clears throat> what I'm reading right now is, and I don't know if I'm going to pronounce his last name correctly, the, the, the guy that wrote The Resilience Project. Um, he's, mm -hmm. either, he's either an Australian or New Zealand gentleman, Hugh Van Quillenberg or something like that. Okay. Um, I always need to be reminded of, the, of resilience and refilling your bucket. Um, but any, anything by uh, Simon Sinek, you know, start with the wise. Uh -huh. So I love hearing even his little snippets on LinkedIn. He's just a, a, a brilliant guy to listen to. Um, James Clear, I already mentioned, Malcolm Gladwell, Brene Brown, um, any of those people are some of my favorites. And what are the best reads on this topic of the of relationship building within business or the franchise or franchisee relationships? Well, I think we would probably both say Greg Nathan's Profitable Partnership. Definitely. It's incredible yeah. on both sides. It helps you to understand what that relationship is and how you can bring your best self on both sides of it. I would also say Michael Gerber's E-Myth. Um, it speaks to just business owners. It doesn't have to be franchisee, but is completely applicable to what a business owner's journey is and what a business owner needs to know what they're going to hit. And also the franchisor will know what that business owner is going to hit. Um, and then I would actually, if you really like the relationship space, um, Dr. Gottman has great marital research books out there. They've been doing okay. research on hundreds of thousands of couples, and it is so applicable to franchising that if you can learn what makes really good relationships in marriage and you apply it to franchise, you'll be eons ahead of other networks. I'm starting to understand that more clearly than I ever thought I would. So <laughs> thank you. And as we wrap up this episode, 
How can folks get a hold of you? Our website is fppg.org. Okay, so that's fppg, as in Franchise Peer Performance Group dot org. Correct. Got it. You great. were listening. <laughs> I'm, I've got a great trainer. <laughs> Thank you both so much for joining us. I look forward to talking to you again on the second episode as well. Appreciate your time here. Thanks, Blake. Thank you. Absolutely. And thank you for joining us for another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guy. Remember, if you like what you're hearing here, share it, comment on it, and provide us the feedback on what you'd like to hear more about. We'll see you again on the next episode of the Heartland Franchise Guy. A Huda Media Production.